0: Luke chapter number 16 and verse number 15. I'm thinking of grandparents' day today as we celebrate that and seniors' day. The word respect came to my mind. The word respect came to my mind. I was taught as a young boy all the way in the Philippines, and even as I came to the United States, I was taught either verbally or by action, by their life, to respect my elders. And I believe that it's still right to practice today. So, let us look at what God says about biblical respect. You know, the world defines things for us. And I'm going to try to do my best to define this. It's a big, broad subject. But in light of Grandparents' Day, I'm thinking of respecting my elders, as the Bible teaches. And what does that mean? And what is respect? And so, the title of the message tonight is, uh, So, Respect. Reap respect, sow respect, plant respect, give respect, and reap respect. And then you can gain and receive respect. And so with that in mind, we look at Luke chapter number 16 and verse number 15. And there's many things that the Bible tells us to respect. One of that is the Lord. One of it is His word. In fact, the Bible says that God respects his word. And we hold that in our very hand, the completed word of God. In our language, the King James Bible, as an English-speaking people, we have the preserved, inerrant, and inspired word of God. Praise the Lord for that. We're blessed. And so Luke chapter 16 and verse number 15, I could make mistakes because I'm a human being, but this book is without mistakes. You can assure of yourself of that. And if you think I say something wrong, maybe I've made Uh, uh, a doctrine that's not right, please check it with the book and then make your proceedings. Believe what God says because there's no error in it. Absolutely no error in it. Luke 16 and verse number 15. You know, for the sake of it, if you're able to one more time, please stand in honor and respect of the word of God. How can I preach a message on respect and I can't respect the word of God? And again, uh, make your way over there. I've not ever seen a uh, a big Bible like that of 1611, and we have it here in our church tonight. So make yourself free to it and go to it and look at it and turn its pages. Look at Luke chapter number 16 and verse number 15. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. Oh my, it's so true. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination, In the sight of God. Now we have to understand the context of why God is saying this. And I'll bring that to light in verse number 14. Let's pray and we'll sit down. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for it being perfect. Thank you for it being pure. Thank you for it being tried and proven to be all that we need. The completed word of God. Without error. Lord, thank you so much for this great gift of the Bible. And Lord, today help me as a preacher. May I sound forth, Lord, the truth and nothing else. Lord, hide me behind the cross. Thank you for all the things that already been done. Thank you for the dedication of Orion. Lord, thank you for that life. And Lord, I pray that you would use him mightily as you see fit. Lord, use him as a light and a powerful tool of the gospel. May many souls get saved because of that boy's life. Lord, bless us. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen. You may be seated. We have some upcoming baptism. There are some people that joined the church this morning. Some are wanting to do so. And so if you have any question later about salvation, most important than anything, please talk to either one of us, Pastor Cole. We have a pastoral staff, Pastor Cole, Pastor Set, myself. We're all ordained preachers. And that all means that we have to do our job and tell you the truth, all right, and give you the gospel message. And there's others here. Uh, ladies that know the truth, if you have any question about salvation, please don't hesitate to talk to us. If you got any question about baptism, the first step to obedience, please come talk to us. If you have any question about joining the church, please come to us and we'll help you with those. And he's talking to verse 14 here. He's talking to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees also who were covetous. Now you have to understand why he said the strong, the things that he said here in verse 15... He sees the heart of these men and women, and this men, particularly the Pharisees, and the Pharisees also, who were covetous, heard all these things, and they derided him. So they were not for him. And so he said this unto them, these Pharisees, that did this to him, that knows that they were covetous. are they would justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth that your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men, is an abomination. In the sight of God. The goal of the Pharisees is to be respected. The goal of the Pharisees is that they need to appear to be respectable in pretense. Not necessarily in genuine truth. In genuine uh, heartfelt truth. And so the first point we're going to go to here in the idea of soul respect so you can reap respect. Number one, it has to be with a clean heart. It has to be with a clean heart. And what I mean by that, It's pure. I mean by that, it is genuine. We, as people, we don't want to gain respect out of pretense. We don't want to do it just so that we say we got it. We don't want to manipulate. We don't want to uh, do things just so that we appear to be respectable and that we can earn respect and, and get it that way. We want to do the right thing from the right heart, from a clean heart, from genuine Christianity. Because we want this to be for real. We want it to be true. And so that's why here we find the Pharisees were corrected. Now, because he sees their heart. And, they, and he says here, sometimes what is esteem among men is an abomination in the sight of God. I don't want to earn respect from people. I want to earn respect from God himself. And then the respect from people will come. If I get this right right here, I'm going to serve God with a genuine heart. No pretense. I'm not hiding anything. I don't have any agenda. I don't have any promotion. I don't have any other thing but a clean heart. And that just says this, I want to do you right, God. I want to treat you the right way. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. And Christians, if we were going to talk about respect and earning it and receiving it and giving it, we need to come with this idea that it has to be from a pure heart and a clean heart. Not a heart that devises things to look good so that you can earn respect by pretense alone. No, the collapse and adoration of men is cheap. When it's compared, I appreciate it when men uh, encourage us with appreciation. Absolutely. But it is cheap compared to when God says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that's what I'm striving to be. And as a Christian, please, please get off, get off, whatever it is that you're on. And if you're doing it just for the sight of men and to please men, please get off of that train, whatever train it is. It's going the wrong way. It's going the wrong way. Let us love each other because we really mean it. Let us serve each other because we have a heart to serve one another. Let's just be pure. Let's just have no motivation in our heart. I'm not here trying to get you to do something. I'm just here to serve the Lord. And in serving the Lord, he told me to serve you, my friend. And so let's do that. What is the word esteem? It means to respect. It means to admire. And look at what the Bible says, Point number, uh, let me give you this phrase. I want to live a life that is pure and honest from the inside out. That the respect I receive is truly merited and deserved. Its basis is in truth and not in deceit. I don't want to pretend to be respectable. I truly want to be respectable. Number two, what else do we find in sowing respect and reaping respect? Not only is it with a clean heart. Number two, it has to be with a contrite heart. It has to be with a contrite heart. And what is that idea? The idea of humility. The idea of humility. Look at Philippians chapter number two. Philippians chapter number two. Now, I have all these notes in my device here. So as you know, I just read it right off for the sake of time. If you want to turn there, jot a note down, you can. I'm going to move quickly tonight. Philippians chapter number two, verses three to four. The Bible says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But there's the word, the key word, but in lowliness of mind, in lowliness of mind, with a contrite heart, with meekness and humility, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things. Don't be selfish, but every man also on the things of others. What motivates me, and this is personal now because I'm the pastor here, to go see my brother Kelly in the hospital? What makes me want to go there? not saying if you don't want to go to the hospital, you don't don't love him. That's not what I'm saying. But for me personally, I'm just going to be candid with you. My core, I want to go see him because I have learned and have gone to love him and spend time with him. And so I just simply want to be there. Now I was told not to be there because of privacy. And they're not in the right place right now. And I respect that. Guess what? I didn't go. But I have a heart to go. And I'm praying for them. Right? Because we love them. Right? We esteem others better than themselves. We end up doing things that deprive us of some things that we would rather do. But we discard them and say, I want to look at what would benefit that person. And so I'm going to go and go without this, and I'm going to try to do something for that person. And that is the idea of esteeming other better than yourselves. So not only uh, do we need to have this respect with a clean heart, it needs to be with a contrite heart, a broken heart, a heart of humility. Value others around you. Put others first. Let us earn respect by being respectful to others. And the message is clear. I believe you earn respect. And I'll talk about some positions that demand that. And some of us might be in that position. And understand that that position demands respect. But even in that, let me ask you this. Jesus operated in this He didn't demand respect. He showed us that he is respectful. He showed us that he was respectable. He did something to show us he deserved our respect. He earned it. We love him because he first loved us. So number three, moving right along. In the idea of sowing respect and reaping respect, we do it with a clean heart. We do it with a contrite heart. And then we do it with a clear conscience. Number three, we do it with a clear conscience. And what I mean by that, without partiality. I don't prefer certain groups of people over other people. And look at some of these verses. It's littered. I was studying this. It's littered all over from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And you'll find this phrase. And let's go look at some of that. Leviticus number 19. Leviticus number 19 and verse number 15. It's Grandparents' Day, and I was told to respect my elders. And the Bible shows us that that is something to be do, something that as a Christian we should participate in. And look at look at Leviticus chapter number nineteen and verse number fifteen: "Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Now, in making decisions, in coming up with the right choice, that's the idea of judgment in the Scripture. It's decision making and judgment, and that was it means." Thou shalt not respect the person of the poor, nor honor. That's another word that's synonymous a little bit with respect is the word honor. Nor honor the person of the mighty, but in righteousness shalt thou judge thy neighbor. Now, when it comes to me individually, if I want respect from you, my beloved, I will show you that by By sowing it into your life. I will act respectfully to you. I will act respectable to you. And I will do to you. The right thing that God demands of me as a person. Now, when it comes to making judgment and you come to me and this has happened, I have to be in the mediator between situation in my life. And if you know this too, to be true, if you have multiple friends, sometimes they don't get along and they have different opinions and they don't agree. They'll come to you and now you have to make a judgment call. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You honor the truth of the word of God. Despite hurting that person you love. And they're going to say things like this. You just like them better than me. And you just have to say no my brother. And then hope they really believe you. And sometimes friendship gets over right there. There's some things in my life. I had two close friends. There was a situation that happened. That the Bible tells me that I had to make sure of my friends. And it was tough. It was one of the toughest things in my life. Praise the Lord that those two friends of mine are still my friends. Through the guidance of the truth of the word of God, I I was truthful with them. I told them that you're wrong if you do this, my brother. Brother, you're wrong if you do this, my brother. Brother, you're right if you do it this way, brother. And I did what the Bible says. I honored the truth of the word of God. And I had no respect for them. I didn't base it on I like the other one better than the other one. I didn't base it on the other one give me more gifts than the other one. I didn't like it while I enjoyed my time with this one more than the other one. And if you're a Christian today and you make choices like that, and you get close with people because of basis on likes and dislikes, may I challenge you today, you have a shallow Christianity. Let's get deeper. It's not about our likes and dislikes. Eventually, you're with that person long enough, and I've seen this happen. They're best friends then, and they live their principle by likes and dislikes, and by the time I see them here, they don't even talk to each other. That's not the way the scripture tells us to base our relationship with. Our relationship is always based on truth. Here's the truth. God loves me, and he welcomes me to love him back. And guess what? I have a love affair with Jesus Christ. That's all. And then he tells me to do that with my other brothers. And so guess what I do? I try to spend time with as much people as I can. As much as you would let me in your life. I'm there. Because my desire is that as I have a good relationship with my God. I want a good relationship with all of you here. It is impossible. Yes. Absolutely impossible. (sighs) Because everybody has differences. I have to eat different things. Just food alone. If you go from place to place, they all cook different. They have preferences in the food. And as you know, I don't have very, very specific preferences because I eat all of them. And so now I'm looking like this. But I love it. I love it. I love spending time with the people of God and to help them. Look at this truth. In Deuteronomy, it continues. Deuteronomy 1 and verse 17. You shall not respect persons in judgment. That's clear now. We're seeing this. Leviticus says it. Now Deuteronomy says it. Ye shall not respect person and judgment, but ye shall hear the small as well as the great. We talked about the poor and the mighty. Now we're talking about small and great. Ye shall not be afraid of the face of men, for the judgment is God's. And the cause that is too hard for you. Guys, get this. Get this verse. Memorize this verse. I was reading this. I'm going to memorize this verse. Because as a pastor, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm always at this situation. Look at this verse. It's so good. But ye shall hear the small as well as the great. There's no preferences. All right? And ye shall not be afraid of the face of men, for the judgment is God's. And the cost that is too hard for you. woohoo! Jesus said this to me. Bring it unto me. Bring it unto me. And I will hear it. Man. I've been brought some situation. They have suggestion. Do it this way. And I'm like man. There's some good in that. But there's some. Uh, there's some. There's not good in some of that. And then somebody comes in, Bring. Oh man. If I can just. But then I'm learning. Oh they don't want to do that together. And I'm like. Oh man. I can't do anything now. I have to pray again. And let. Let the Lord handle this one. And so now I got that verse. Guess what? Every time that I have something that I have to make a choice on, that is hard. Jesus says, bring it unto me, and I will hear you. And guess what? My prayer life has been so good now. I've come to God and say, God, I have no idea what to do. And really, these are just preferences. One is not wrong, and the other is not wrong. There's no sin involved. It's just a difference in opinion and difference in preference. So what I get to do, God, God, I have no clue. Please, God, show me the way. And God says to me, I will hear you. And there's some things that have transpired, and God got in the middle of it. And he fixed it. And I'm like, yes, I'm done. Praise the Lord. That's an encouraging verse. If you're not excited about that, I am. All right? (laughs) Deuteronomy 1619. Deuteronomy 1619. Thou shalt not rest judgment. Thou shalt not respect persons, neither take a gift, oh boy, here it is now, bribery, for a gift that blinds the eyes of the wise and perverts the words of the righteous. There's some manipulation going on in some places and lining pockets of politics. Well, I'm not going to go there. But you already heard that many times. And so why are they making judgment that are Not right. Because sometimes they've been given money and gifts. And that diverts our ability to make righteous judgment. And so my friends, I'm warning those that are going to go to a leader someday or uh, uh, they have this habit. I'm going to, I'm going to, I am going to do. He cannot refuse now because I'm going to give him this. I'm going to give him this. And I'm going to give him this, and I'm going to wait. And when he is primed, then I'm going to go, now I want this. And then a pastor I know in the Philippines said this, don't even try. So that's a good advice for me. So I'm going to say this. If you give me gifts and give me gifts and give me gifts, I'm going to say thank you, thank you, thank you. But it's not going to help the cost to go your way. We're still friends, all right? Don't stop the gifts. No, just kidding. Proverbs 24, 23. Proverbs 24, 23. Look at this. These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to have respect of persons in judgment. And so be careful. We need to do this with a pure conscience. We don't make choices And respect other people so we can get gain. Your conscience should burn when you do that. That is deceit. And that is wrong. Right? Don't accept a bride to do something wrong. Do right. Do right. In regards to making decisions, we should not make them without partiality. We should not make it simply based on our personal biases and preferences. We should know the mind of God. And strive to be godly in our decision. So we continue in sowing respect and reaping respect. What we found, number one, with a clean heart, right? What was number two? With a contrite heart. What was number three? With a clear conscience. Now, number four, we go to this point. Now it's with a condition. With a condition. And that condition is a God condition. And look at some of these verses we're going to read now, and it's going to give you that idea. What is this condition you're talking about? God places a condition on this. Look at this in Psalms 138 and verse 6. Psalms 138 and verse number 6. Though the Lord be high, yet he had, yet had he, sorry, respect unto the lowly. And here's the contrast. What's the condition? The condition is if you have proud heart, and if you have a haughty heart, and if you have pride, and if you are arrogant, then God is not going to give you the respect. Now look at this. Though the Lord be high, yet he had he respect unto the lowly. All right? What was Philippians 2 again? Lowliness of mind. But the proud, he knoweth afar off. Look at another verse, Acts 10, Acts chapter number 10, verse 34 to 35. Acts chapter number 10, verses 34 to 35. Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but he gives us a condition here. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. See, there's a condition. There is that we need to fear, and there is that we need to work righteousness. That is what God accepts, and God says, another word to think about in respect, is that he gives us favor. Hallelujah for God. That if we go and fear him, if we work righteousness, he will work with us to get things done. He is no respecter person. It's free to everyone. The choice is yours. It's free to any woman, any man, any child, any older person. If they say, God, I'm going to trust you by faith, I'm going to fear you, and I'm going to work righteousness by your power, your Holy Ghost working in my life, God says, I will accept that person. I will give him favor. And it's free to anyone at any time right now. Right now, you can obtain favor of the Lord, and that's the condition, right? He's no respect to the person. It doesn't matter, but he does favor and give to those that fear him, to those that work righteousness, and to those uh, that have faith in him. Look at Romans 2, another point of view in this matter. What is the condition I'm talking about? God has a condition on this. You cannot be proud. You have to work righteousness. You have to fear God, and it's a sign of humility. Romans 2, 6 to 11. Romans chapter number 2, verse 6 to 11. Who will render to every man according to his deeds? Who will do that? God. God says he is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And look what he says in verse 7 of Romans 2. To them who by patient continuance in well-doing... Seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. These are these people. Verse number 8. But unto them that are contentious. This is a contrast of people. But unto them that are contentious. And do not obey the truth. But obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Now look at the requisite. Look at what's going to happen. Verse number 9. Tribulation. And anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Right, this is not just to the Jew, it's clear now, it's also to us Gentiles. Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Now, here's the contrast the contrast earlier is what those that are patient in well doing and those that obey not the truth, right. They get tribulation, they get anguish. Now, here's what you're going to get if you continue in well-doing. Verse number 10. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. And why is that? And why is that? Because verse 11. For there is no respect of persons with God. But there's a condition. There's a condition. If you obey, blessings will come. And if you disobey, curse will come. What do you want, Christian? What do you want, senior citizen? What do you want, middle aged adults? What do you want, young adults? What do you want, teenagers? What do you want, children? It's up to you. He has no respect of race. He has no respect. There's only one human race. He has no respect of your age. He has no respect of the money you have. He has no respect of the status or the popularity you have. He doesn't care what kind of house you have. He says, the condition is this. If you obey me, I'll bless you. And if you disobey me, you won't get the blessing. That's what he says, right? Romans chapter number two, verse six to 11. Now, we're continuing here. Number five. So, in sowing respect and reaping respect, number one, it has to be with a clean heart. It has to be genuine. Number two, it has to be with a contrite heart. Humility has to be exercised. It has to be with a clear conscience, no partiality, no biases. Number four, what it has to be with a condition, and that's God's condition, that he is number one. He's first. He has, we have to do what he wants, and then the blessing comes. And if we don't, the curse comes. And then number five, it is with a challenge. It is with a challenge. And the challenge is to us, Christians. Look at James. The book of James is to Christians. And look at the book of James, chapter number 2, verses 1 to 9. You are doing incredibly well. Good for you. James, chapter number 2, and verse number 1. Let me read it to you. My brethren, it's already there. It's very clear. It's the Christians. Have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons? Verse 2. For if there come unto you assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment. You don't know them very well. This is first, uh, what do you call this? Uh, Not love at first sight. Uh, (laughs) I was going to say love at first sight. No, no. Uh, This is the first approach, the first impression. Let's do it that way. The first time you see somebody, it comes to your assembly. Guys, watching our heart. You know, if somebody walks into this door, I love Pastor Cole and the, and the teaching he has taught me, greet them. That's so simple, right? Somebody that walks out that door you've never met in your life, he tells us, go greet them. I'm not going to raise your hands. Who does that? We all should. Now, I have to be careful. It's not a stampede. Ninety people jump on this one person, and the person goes, oh, I'm gone. I don't want to be in that church. They're crazy. They have to time it right, doing waves, right, talk to each other. I don't know. But it's an overwhelming, we should, we are friendly. we got a good reputation to be very friendly. So I appreciate everybody that makes the way. I'm not saying that none of us do it, but those that meet, maybe this is harder for you because of your personality, go with Somebody. That knows how to talk and just be on the side, right? And let me let me say maybe I'm the one talk too much, so I'll say, "Hey, so and so, here's my friend, so and so." You don't even have to say, but just say hi. And then let me just like nudge me, and I'll keep talking, right? So even in that, because look at this truth to that. Look at this verse three, and you have respect to him that wear it. Now the Bible word is gay. That means extravagant. That means really, really fancy. It's not the word that we use today. All right, children? Wear it, the gay clothing, and say unto him, sit thou here in a good place. There's preference treatment because he looks to be important. All right? And we give him preference treatment. And we have respect to him that wear the gay clothing and say unto him, sit thou here in a good place. And then we say to the poor, "Uh, stand there. That's how cold that could be. Stand thou there. You notice that? Sit thou here. It represents closeness. Sit thou here. And the other one says, stand there. Oh my, that will preach itself. Are you one of those Christians that says, sit here? Or are you a Christian that says, stand there? How do you treat people? Are you a Christian that says, sit here? Or are you a Christian that says, stand over there? Are you a welcome mat or a trespass sign? What are you? Beware of dogs. Or are you a welcome mat? Those pretty flowers and it changes in the season. It's probably pumpkin looking now. I drive by, there's a nice house that I drive by all the time. I'm 39. I think I'm the new preacher at Brightway Baptist Church. And I always look. And then their door always has a nice welcome sign. I think it's a beautiful, I think Brother Gullah does all of that. Right, Brother Gullah? You do all of that. I'm giving him a hard time. He's my friend. I can do that. All right? Look at verse 4. Are you not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? Verse 5. Hearken, my beloved brethren, had not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom? Now watch out, poor people. This is not a slant against rich people. You miss the point if you go there. There was a very exact problem that was happening. It's given as a very, very detailed situation here. There was a cultural problem that was happening, and they're respecting people that can afford money and that that have money, but it doesn't mean every rich people are are snob people. That's not what it's saying here. Okay, now look at it now uh, and get the point here, hearken, my beloved brethren, had not God chosen the poor of this word, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which had promised to them that love him. Verse 6, but ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you? I know some very rich people. They don't oppress me. All right? So be careful now. This is not about rich and poor. The key phrase is there, if they love him. If I have a brother in here, whether poor or rich, I should treat him the same way. That's all it's saying to us. That's all it's saying to us. All right, look at this. Uh, Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seat. Verse 7, do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which you are called. We disregard a lot of sacred things just so that we can be with the elites. We don't have to be with the elites. If they're going to promote us to disregard and blaspheme our God, we don't have to. All right, we can be with those that love God. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy... Isn't it amazing the scripture ties itself together and defines itself together? Now, if you have an idea what it means to love your neighbor, this is, a, this is a good slice of that definition right here. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if you have respect to persons, and the first time James did not mince words, He said this, according to the Holy Ghost, working in his life, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as a transgressors. So may I ask, there's a challenge for us Christians. When it comes to sowing respect and reaping respect, the only, I said this wrong earlier, prerequisite is that they are God's child. And everything after that is disregarded. Their status in life doesn't matter. Their race doesn't matter. Where they were brought up doesn't matter. How their kids act doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Because they're a child of God. And they love God. And I have no preference in that I love them. Because they're simply the child of God. Wow. What a challenge with the sowing and reaping respect. All right? Number last, six. Here's with a consideration. It comes with a consideration. Consider some of these things. I'm going to bring it to you. I don't believe this is a doctrine. I'm just comparing scripture with scripture. I'm not going to make you believe one way or the other, but I'm going to give you this thought. And I thought of this because this is Grandparents Day. And this is our day that we celebrate the seniors, our elders. All right? And so sowing respect, again, number one, as a way of review, it has to be with a clean heart. Number two, class, what is it? Help me out. With a contrite heart. Number three, it has to be with a clear conscience. Number four, it has to be with a condition, God's condition. Don't have pride in your heart and evil doings. All right? Stay away from sin. Number five, it's with a challenge. Respect people because simply they're a child of God. Love them for that, no other reason, whether they're poor or rich. Number six, it's with a consideration. You know the verse that tells us in Ephesians 6 two. it says honor, and honor is synonymous a little bit with the word respect. There's a little difference. When it comes to honor, it's suggested that we respect. It's the same suggestion. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. And then I compared this verse you say, how are you going to bring that now to the church house? Well, now let's look at 1 Timothy, chapter number 5, 1 to 3. All right? I'm sure there's clear differences. I'm sure this is talking to your blood parents. But look at what the verses tell us in 1 Timothy 5, 1 to 3. And I'll make a proposition for you, and may you consider it. All right? And here it is. Rebuke not an elder. Now, the, the, the first... Uh, I'm not going to do that for confusion's sake, so let's keep going. Rebuke not an elder, and look at what the Bible says. Entreat means treat him. Entreat him as a father. What's that? Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. That's our relationship now in the church house. The elder woman as mothers. The younger sisters, and the Bible doesn't mince word again. It puts in there, with all purity. Honor widows that are widows indeed. Now may I suggest to you, I'm not going to build a doctrine on this, but I'm going to say this to you. If my God in the New, Old Testament, in Exodus 20, and part of Deuteronomy, as part of the Ten Commandments, told me to honor my biological blood, blood mother and father, And we carry this over even with step-parents. I honor my stepmom, my American mom. Correct? I treat her as a mother. And the Bible tells us, she's laughing at that. I have to talk to her later. (laughs) No, just kidding. I love her. And uh, the Bible treats our our older gentlemen in the church as a father. And treat them as a father. Could I suggest it simply? If God deems us to treat older gentlemen in the church as a father, and a father is a place of honor, could I suggest it simply? That we should honor them and respect them. Can I blanket that and say that? Is that okay? Is that okay? (laughs) I love him too. I love Brother John. And then it says there is a woman, the, the aged women as mothers. Could I blanket it in a little bit? If they are deemed by God, by his inspired word, that they are to be treated as mother. And the mother is in place of honor and respect. Could I suggest in our church here at Faith that we should respect any aged women? Can I say that? Am I going out of scripture? I don't know. I, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to make a big deal of this but man I'm gonna do that. I'm just gonna do that. I'm just gonna honor them. There's a lot of <laughs> a lot of older people here that means a lot to me and have seen me grown up. You voted me to be your pastor. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry for you. <laughs> and another thing Is that I'm thankful for them. They believe in me enough to put put that vote. Now, if you didn't vote, don't tell me. (laughs) Because I want to respect you. And it doesn't matter if you voted or not. I'm going to respect you. I'm going to entreat you as my father. And I'm going to entreat you as my mother. And by that, I'm going to respect you. As much as I possibly can. And if you don't like that, let me give you some verse here. In Ephesians 5, I'm not going to go there as husband and wife. There's another time for that. Let me go to 1 Peter 5 and verse number 5. I'm I'm telling you, I'm almost done. The ice cream is fine. It's great. 1 Peter 5 and verse number 5. Likewise, ye younger. This is the passage of verse. If you read the first verses on top, the word elder is referred to a pastor. So a pastor needs to be respected and honored because of his position, all right? And a father and a mother because of their position of authority, all right? So all of those things, because God is the authority, ultimate authority, and he plays men to represent him in, in, the, in the institution he set up, all right? And so that's besides the point here. Now, verse 5, when it says, like was younger, the key word in that phrase that divides the elders on the first four pages, that he's not talking about pastors now, Now he's talking about something different, is the word younger. Why would you put younger in there? Well, now he's talking about aged people, elders. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. That's clear. It's with a period, even. It's not even called question. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. What does submit? Give to their will. That's a sign of respect. When you submit and you put yourself lower than somebody else, it's a sign of respect, all right? It's not worship. We don't worship them, but we submit to their will, all right? We obey them. We honor and respect them. And so that's what that is, submit to them. Now, a challenge now for those that are in position of leadership and position just because you're a senior citizen makes you are ready to be respected. Now, here's some of those back truths that I'm going to give to you. Here it is. Look at the verse continues. Yea, all of you, that includes everyone now, younger and older. So younger was first told, submit to your elder. But then it gives us another truth here, and, and I'm talking about mutual respect. We're talking about sowing respect, reaping respect. I'm going to deal about demanding respect because of your position. I'm going to get to that. Now, look at this. Let us show, uh, let me read this to you. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, one to another, older and younger, one to another, that's the context, and be clothed with humility. For God, there's a condition, resisted the proud, but give it grace To the humble. Now, as we celebrate Grandparents Day, we celebrate Senior Days, we celebrate our fathers and our mothers, spiritually speaking, in the church house. I challenge every young people to do that. Now is the challenge for you, senior citizen, pastors, moms and dads. The place that God honors and puts in place, simply because of the position. That position uh, deserves respect. Let me say this to you. Let us earn that respect and let us sow it by learning to respect those younger than us. As a pastor, I learn to respect my members. As a father, I learned to respect my children. And as a husband, I learned to respect my wife. And my wife learns to respect her children and so on and so forth. And in the church house, when we are exercising mutual respect with one another, God gets the glory. God gets the glory. God gets the glory. And so let me let this to you. Your position could demand respect from people, but Christ teaches us to earn respect by learning to be respectful and respectable. Learn to give and show respect, and in God's time, you will reap some respect. Here's what Albert Einstein says. I speak to everyone in the same way, whether he is a garbage man or the president of the university. And what truth to be had. In this church, no one is elevated above anybody else. No position separates us. There's only one that's above all of us and deserves worship, and that's Jesus. In this place, may we respect our elders. And in this place, may we respect one another. And my challenge goes to you. Lord, we come, and we're thankful. And as Pastor Art Cole comes, Lord, I respect this man. Thank you for his life and his example. Bless him as he leads us in the invitation. Help us to make the decisions we need. In Jesus' name, amen.